Greetings, welcome to the driving line. James White, we pulled an audible this morning. Or called an audible, not pulled an audible. Called an audible this morning. The uh, plan, including into this morning, was that I would be pulling out from uh, Lubbock, where I had a wonderful time last night. Uh, Colin Lundstrom, pretty well known on uh, on Twitter, Colin. Um, <clears throat> was at his church and... Uh, had a wonderful time last night. Good group of folks. Two brothers from Kansas. Drove all the way down from Kansas. My goodness. I always feel badly uh, when people do things like that. Just to hear me speak. But they seem to enjoy themselves. Anyway. So I was in Lubbock. And the plan was to get together with an old friend from, man, back in the 90s. This guy was involved in having me in to speak in, in uh, Albuquerque. So we are going to have some nice uh, Olive Garden uh, this evening, and I was looking forward to that. And then technology came to, well, my rescue, really, honestly, in this situation, I think. Uh, <clears throat> Twitter is becoming a better and better source of news. really is, since Elon Musk took over and canned all of the leftist wackos um, who were running the place. <clears throat> into the ground, really, but they were running the place anyways. <clears throat> and um, a graphic shows up on my screen for a winter storm in northern Arizona. When I booked this trip, I, you know, I was looking at Lubbock and, well, I can come back two different ways. I can go south uh, or I can go north. It's about equidistant, um, probably a little less climbing going south, but maybe a little little longer distance so it's sort of a you know six one half and does the other situation and I decided to go north and that's what I had booked and stuff well here's a graphic with uh, 40 mile per hour winds now you might go well that's not that bad but if you're driving into it and let's say you're doing only 60 miles per hour and you've got a 40 mile per hour headwind. That's a 100 mile per hour wind. And let that shift all of a sudden or the road turns or you go through a road cutout and it swirls the other direction. Yeah, that's not a whole lot of fun in an RV at all. Or pulling an RV in my case. As well as possibility of snow the second night when I was supposed to be staying in Holbrook. And I'm like, snow and wind, yeah. I, I, this, uh uh. So uh, I quickly made uh, travel plan changes and I'm taking the southern route uh, home. I actually, that means I get home a day earlier, but that means two days of long drives instead of three days of medium drives is what that is. So today is a long day and so prayers appreciated. Like I said, uh, both Emory and Lubbock. Um, did well I guess you could call it the same presentation it was the same subject and pretty much the same time frame too but it was interesting to see how differently things turn out when the only, the only presentation I was using is just graphics of manuscripts so everything else is just however I want to handle it and it's interesting how that changes from presentation to presentation uh, but like I said great folks and that's what I love about doing this. And I'm, again, so thankful to all of you who make it possible, <clears throat> including the folks at church last night who were very generous in expressing their um, 
support of what we're doing. Um, and, and that is you get to sit down with pastors uh, over normally nice chips and salsa. <laughs> and uh, I have to admit, I'm noticing that when I do this, uh, I'm normally the oldest guy at the table these days. <laughs> but what that does is it does allow me to, you know, share from a really a lifetime of ministry now. Um, and um, But with guys I normally wouldn't have a chance to do that with if all you did was the big circuit, you know, where you're, you're basically having your dinners with the same people all the time, the bit, you know, the plenary speakers and stuff. And, and, um, now you get to be with regular pastors at little Mexican restaurants and stuff like that, which is really cool. I really, really enjoy it. And, you know, I had a guy say last night and started to choke up a little bit when he did, he said, I, he said, I just, I just have to tell you, you've, you've just been a mentor for me for seven years and it's just just meant so much to me and I yes I hear that all the time but no it doesn't get old and it is um, a reason for giving thanks and truly being thankful you know going back a long long ways uh, we had to be you know coming up next year 40 years Alpha and Omega Ministries there were a, a number of those early years, really first decade and a half, honestly, um, we were poor as church mice and nobody knew who we were. And there are a lot of ministries that start and die at that time. You know what I mean? They start and die. Um, because the the support's not there, or the focus isn't there, or, or whatever. And it's, I'm not anybody special. Lord just wanted to do something through us, and so kept us going through the real difficult times and, and challenges. And when I hear someone saying, well, you know, in the past seven years, well, there was, you know, 32 years before that, and that's true, but the reason we had the opportunity of doing what we did there uh, is that we were faithful in those previous 32 years and that the Lord was gracious to us to keep us faithful. Let's make sure we put that in the right direction um, those 32 years earlier. So um, again, my sincere thanks to everybody who makes it possible for us to, you know, I, I pull in to, I pull in just, I was at a gas, just, just now got lunch at a gas station. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, tell you, I can name names of, of people that I know on the uh, quote-unquote speaking circuit that wouldn't be, wouldn't be eating the cheeseburger I just ate. But I did watch the guy make it, so it was fresh. Uh, it just took forever. Anyway, um, when I pull in there and uh, make sure to... <laughs> Make sure to grab the right colored handle. <laughs> Remember, folks, I never owned a uh, diesel <clears throat> until this vehicle. And uh, so I'm a little nervous because the last thing you ever want to do 
is accidentally put regular gas in a diesel. <laughs> that is one really expensive mistake. Um, and uh, so I have the ritual of matching the color of the cap to the, um, uh, at least to the dispenser and normally to the hose as well. Um, the nozzle and the hose, which are green, uh, just just to make sure we're we're going the right direction. Because oh, I would absolutely, uh, well, I would die of embarrassment and utter foolishness if I did something like that. But anyways, so you know when I go in there, um, that diesel costs more than more than regular gas does, and um, and that's how we get to get to go the places we're going. And uh, I did get some real, real compliments on the truck last night. <laughs> in fact, a guy came in, and uh, one of the—I think he was—I think he was one of the elders, and um, and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, my Tundra is parked on the other side of your truck." He said, and uh, my Tundra is very intimidated. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, Rich and I have had that conversation when." Uh, when I park at the uh, at the office too, <laughs> this truck is very intimidating. There's no two ways about it. It doesn't look that way from a distance, but man, alive! You walk up and and you realize it's towering over you, and it's like, okay, alrighty then. So anyway, all of that uh, again to say thank you to everybody that makes all of this possible. I was listening to, well, well, I'm, I'm gonna get to that one in a second. Um, Something absolutely stunning uh, happened in my state of Arizona. Well, a lot of stunning things are happening in my state of Arizona. We used to just be a, you know, quiet little conservative corner of the of the country. You know, people with cowboy hats and cowboy boots and carrying a forty-five. And um, we're not anymore, thanks to all the Californians that moved in and. You can't carry the 45 anymore because they'll freak out and call the cops. And so, <clears throat> anyway, um, all the stuff in Maricopa County—that's one thing. But I'm talking about Kirsten Cinema, one of our two um, senators, has announced that she is not going to caucus with the Democrats anymore. She is registered as an independent. Now, I. I told Rich, I'm going to go ahead and confess to everybody. I, when I thought of this, one of the first thoughts I had across my mind was, have I ever prayed that God would change her heart? I've, I've prayed that God would protect us from her um, perspectives, which are really out there and ungodly and things like that, yes. But had I ever prayed that God would change her heart? And I, I couldn't remember if I ever, I couldn't, I didn't think I ever had, and so I had to confess that sin. And because uh, God could save anybody, and He can save Cursed Cinema too. Uh, she is an odd one. I'm going to tell you when I saw her <clears throat> walk up and and place that vote in the Senate chambers, and then curtsy and scamper off. I was just like, man, this is not the bear- <laughs> this is not the Arizona. Of Barry Goldwater anymore, you know what I mean? Uh, no, not at all. And uh, so I, I don't know what all this means. Rich mentioned, hey, there are people talking about 
if you get, you know, Joe Manchin um, sort of betrayed his own principles in voting with Biden on that one boondoggle that has caused more and more inflation. The anti-inflation thing, it caused so much more inflation. And um, he hasn't gotten anything that he was promised for that. So, hey, if you can get Manchin and Cinema. Uh, to caucus with the Republicans, you could become a majority. And uh, voila! <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Uh, they really have. Of course, then probably someone like Romney would go the other direction just to make sure it wouldn't happen. Um, man, what a mess he is. Can you believe he was a presidential candidate? And came close? Uh, only, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. That's... Um, that's astonishing. But anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely Lord work on that woman's heart. Uh, what a what a trophy of grace that would be. So I, I hope and pray something like that happens. But good old Arizona adding adding to the craziness in our in our day. Uh, for all of you, I'm I I'll have to admit I'm I'm chuckling to see how many people are following the World Cup right now. Because I'm I'm used to being overseas, and when overseas that this is like a religion. You've got the World Cup of soccer. Uh, if you, if you, if it's anything like rugby, um, you know those are just so huge and massive around outside the United States. But I don't remember ever having this level of interest in what we call soccer, what the rest of the world calls football. From people, you know, I've got friends you know, in St. Charles, you know, they're texting me the, the scores, you know, and uh, they're going to have uh, penalty kicks and and stuff like that. And so I guess last night, uh, Lionel Messi uh, scored and then also had a penalty kick and uh, Argentina just snuck by the Netherlands. Oh, goodness. I just lost my, uh, my Garmin. Well, okay, it fell off the windshield. Um, that's not good at all. Uh, given that I'm trying to get directions with it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's troubling. I'll have to try to find a... I'm climbing a hill right now, so I have to find a way to get this thing back up here. I knew that happened. I hate these uh, these suction cup mounts. They they will never ever ever uh, stay up there. It's just they were it's just dumb to do it that way. It really is. All right, I found a way to put it back where I can see it anyways. So uh, what is a casino doing on the middle of a mountain? I I don't know. I'm in New Mexico. What do you expect? There's weird stuff out here. What was I talking about? Oh, Lionel Messi, um, Argentina gets past the Netherlands, and I'm just like, all right, I, I think Lionel, I follow enough of it to know that Lionel Messi has has a really strong claim to be the GOAT, um, even with Pele and stuff like that. I, Messi is just amazing, uh, but I don't think he's ever won the World Cup. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he's won lots of other things in other leagues but so I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now I'm pulling for Argentina I'd, li I'd like to see Lionel Messi get his uh, get his World Cup so I'll just mention that for everybody who 
is finding themselves uh, being fans of a sport that, yeah, you know, for Americans, um, low, super low scoring sports are not our thing. It's for a lot of people, it's about as exciting as curling, you know. But um, it's going on right now, so yay Argentina, go whatever. So, <laughs> so this morning. Um, you know, people have asked, you know, you got these hours driving, you know, today's at least six hours in a truck, a little bit more. What do you do? And I'm listening to um, two books right now. I'm listening to Michael Brown's Silencing of the Lambs. I'm enjoying that a lot. It's from last year, but I'm just now getting to it. Um, and I'm re-listening to a fictional work on the coming forth of Handel's Messiah. It seems appropriate this time of year. I listened to it a few years ago and really enjoyed it. Um, learned a lot from it, but it was it's also fiction, it's historical fiction, so um, it's just a good book, and I'm going back back and forth between between the two of them at the moment. And um, But I also wanted to spend some time in the Psalms, and so I had downloaded this app, uh, a Bible app. I mean, there are so many of them. And it has the ability to read the ESV to me and um, I haven't had to pay anything for at least I don't think I did I don't know uh, I suppose I should <laughs> check my subscriptions huh yeah <clears throat> yeah you'll find out next year you were paying for it <laughs> and richly at that I wouldn't be the first time that's happened and I wouldn't be the only one that has happened too but anyway uh, so I started, I think, in Psalm 68. There was some stuff in there to consider and think about that I was thinking about sharing. Um, but then I got to Psalm 69. And there is the confession on the part of the psalmist. And again, I have to go simply by recollection of what I heard this morning because A, I'm driving up a mountain, B, I'm passing a wide load, C, I'm following a small vehicle that is afraid to pass the wide load, um, and uh, therefore I am not looking at my phone or anything like that, and I'm not a thousand percent certain that if I scrolled out of the recording app that I would actually be able to continue recording anyways. So put all that together, I'm going by memory, and it, it, it's... Lord, you know my my faults very well. Um, you, they, they're all before you. It, it's a confession on the psalmist's part that his sins and transgressions and errors are well known to God. He can't hide anything from God. And we all we all say that. But then we don't necessarily live in light of that. I, I know that we develop this, this mindset where we, in essence, we, we know God knows. We know God knows, sure. But do we then live in light of that or do we find a way to excuse our sin? in such a fashion that, you know, God's attentions are someplace else or something like that. They're really not. But the psalmist confesses he's a sinner. 
But then it was the next two verses. So I think that was verse 5. So I think it's verses 6 and 7 of Psalm 69. That I, I just groaned, audibly groaned, when I, when I heard these verses. Having confessed his faults and errors, the psalmist then says, May not those who are following you be, what was it, ashamed or... I forget what the exact language was, but it was it was basically, please don't let my failures and my inconsistencies and my sins cause others to stumble, especially those that are following you. And I mean, there is there is the background um, to James's. You know, let let not many of you be teachers, greater condemnation if, if you're the one out front then you, you know what happens I mean we, we could start down the list of names and I know for me, you know, when I'm confessing my sin I <clears throat> as, as R.C. Sproul said long ago every time we sin we are in essence, confessing that we love ourselves more than we love God, more than we love Christ. We we are saying, oh yeah, I know, wow, I just went over a, a pass that's 7,600 feet above sea level. I did not realize I had been climbing all that much, but I'm at 7,600 feet. When we, uh, when we, when we do these things, when we act in this way, especially with when you have so much light, when you have so much knowledge of what God's will is, what does that say about how our love is anywhere near, nowhere near being perfected and, and how much we still love our own lusts and our own desires? And, uh, you know, sin is insanity when you think about it. It's so short-sighted. If we really, if we have the light of eternity, then how can we not recognize the utter foolishness of rebellion and sin? That that brief pleasure, that that you're you're just not even—it's insanity. It really, really is insanity. When when we treasure secret sins. It causes Christian schizophrenia, where you you end up with two different lives, and they, they don't make they don't make sense as they're related to one another. So, when you think of it that way, then you think of the impact of sin, and that's that's where the finishing well concept is very much at the forefront of my thinking. Okay, I, I'm not ready to croak. You know, I could in a second, you know, going down a, a steep hill. Uh, I, I realize that all of us need to recognize we do not have the promise of tomorrow. And I could crash. My heart could explode. There's all sorts of things that can happen that have happened when the Lord says it's time to come home. So... I'm not, you know, thinking that just because my birthday is this weekend, 
that it's it's all over but I am in that age range now where I I think back on a lot of men who did not finish well and there's, it's men and women I'm just talking generically there a lot of believers did not finish well and I don't want to be amongst them and I'm not talking about where you know people get angry about somebody in a certain theological position or something that's not definitional of the faith I'm, I'm talking about either full on apostasy or obvious rank sin um, you know most recent years I'm not talking about people who have like I said made that kind of thing but okay Ravi Zacharias could not say that Ravi Zacharias ended well at all <clears throat> um, and so anybody who thinks that they are above or beyond that is a foolish person and is probably in danger of not finishing well do I have confidence in in Christ's ability to finish the work that he's begun in me of course but do I know my own heart yes and so you know my prayer is I want to finish well and here's the psalmist saying Lord I, I know my follies I know my sins I, I know my weaknesses and please don't let me be the reason why someone else stumbles and falls when they they look at me they see me and I do these foolish things and I say it as a as an older man now but we all know that those principles are very similar to what parents are praying all the time because you know your children are watching you and you you know that they see so much more than they let on and then years and years and years later you're talking with them once you get to my age and you you you, you find out just how much of an influence you had upon them positively and negatively and there's you can't go back and fix that stuff so as parents we definitely understand please as my children are seeking to follow you as my grandchildren or great-grandchildren are seeking to follow you don't let my my foolish actions uh, cause them to be ashamed um, that that's that's what's being expressed there and as I as I think about that that is definitely a, a prayer that we need to have for ourselves and and to pray for one another as well it's um, it's important so one last uh, you know shifting gears here um, both in reality as well as uh, metaphorically <clears throat> since I'm going down the hill I was climbing before and I, I do have my engine brake uh, turned on. Um, I have both an engine brake and an exhaust brake. So the exhaust brake is much louder. That's, that's the one you hear real well. But the engine brake does work real well on a diesel. It's amazing. Um, 
well, some of you are sitting there going, amazing? What do you mean? It's new to me. It's my first diesel, man. Uh, it's, um, and by the way, the ding, 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 that's the Garmin that fell off the, <laughs> fell off the uh, uh, windshield uh, just a few moments ago. Uh, telling me about, I don't know, oh, change in, change in speed limit. That is nice. That is a nice feature. I will admit that is a nice feature. I may have to find a different place to mount this thing because I knew that was going to happen. Uh, it stayed up there, what, since like, what, July? So I got, what, five, five months? Well, I guess that's not too bad. I'm not sure if the mount broke or something. I can't see the mount. It, it came off. Anyway, it's that time of year again. And I have always been a huge fan of Advent Celebration. Some of my greatest and most positive memories of my youth are associated with, uh, with Christmas. And I, I know there are some who have compunctions against uh, the celebration of Christmas, and I'm not going to get into that right now. I did retweet, by the way, and I, I almost, I, I didn't have time to, but I could probably still find it fairly easily. I was going to pull down the audio file I forget who it was that posted it, but it's the Sunday school lesson I did at PRBC, I don't know, six, seven years ago, maybe? I didn't look to see, but I did a study on the origins of Christmas that's very, very different than what you'll get on Wikipedia or YouTube or some weirdness like that. And it talks about things like uh, the date of the birth of Christ in relationship to when uh, John the Baptist was conceived in light of when Zechariah would be serving in the temple and s stuff from Roger Beckwith on that, uh, as well as some of the stuff about, you know, who borrowed from whom in regards to the, the date, uh, things like that. And so, you know, a lot of people found it really interesting, so I would recommend that to you if if you do have an interest in those things, or if you are one of the folks that you know really struggle this time of year uh, with religious freedom issues. But for those who do celebrate the uh, the season and want to celebrate the incarnation, I hope as parents that you will really emphasize that the giving of gifts and the expectation of the receiving of gifts that, that these really need to be tied in very closely to both the expectation which is in a lot of Christmas hymns but the expectation of the coming of the Messiah and then the fulfillment of that, of that coming in, uh, in the birth of Christ and, and make the connection to what is coming in only a matter of weeks with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as well. So in other words, I think one of the greatest gifts you can give to your kids and to your grandkids would be to 
go through some of the key texts. Go through Isaiah 9, Isaiah 7. Go through Malachi. Um, talk about Bethlehem and stuff like that. But show them the, the fulfillment aspects. And, and remind them, these, these things were written hundreds of years before Christ came. And they, they're written by all sorts of different people in all sorts of different contexts. And here they, they have their fulfillment in the, in the coming of Christ. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing. And it's the most beautiful thing of the season. And all the gifts that we give, you know, remind them that the majority of the stuff they got last year doesn't mean a lot to them today. There may be one or two things that really had special meaning, but the majority of it doesn't really have a lot of meaning to them now. So you want to get things that have deep and abiding meaning all year long and every Christmas. And recognizing the supernatural nature of the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah learning those texts and loving those things that's something that never gets old that's something that will be theirs forever that's um that's something you can give to them so some suggestion there along those lines all right well thanks for listening to the driving line i got up and down the hill uh, uh without uh, crashing during all of that <laughs> that's that's a good thing hopefully it was useful to you and next week, Lord Wellen will be back in the studio um, for the regular dividing line until February when we will be back on the road heading back toward Tennessee and Louisiana uh, in our February road trip, which will include a debate along the way. So we'll be telling you more about that as it comes along. Thanks for listening. God bless.